The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. from the Battery Atlanta and the 680 The Fan Studios. It's the Buck Baloo Show, 10 to 11, Monday through Friday, on The Fan, Atlanta Sports Station. Home of the world champion Braves, the sports talk station of the national champion Georgia Bulldogs. And we hope your Wednesday, May 11th, is off to a really good start. Traffic not too bad out there today. Uh, Nernie got here on time. Yeah, I made it. Breakfast in hand, you had plenty of time. Sean Nerney, our fine engineer. We've got Derek Thomas and Road Dog Gillespie, our producers. And I think we're ready to go, man. Let's get to work. Bucks. Big. Take. Well, it was another frustrating night at Truist Park. As our Braves went down to a Red Sox team that had lost five games in a row. Right now, the Braves are eight and nine at home. 14 and 17 overall. And now seven games back of the not so amazing Mets. Last night, Kyle Wright, a Rafael Devers, a fastball right down Peachtree with the bases loaded, the result, a grand slam and a six run inning in the second. The Braves fought back, and then Thornburg threw gas on the fire in the ninth inning, preventing a final inning comeback. Man, we had lousy six hits in the game. Six. And, folks, six hits isn't going to win you many baseball games. And going one for eight with runners in scoring position? Man, that's a recipe for losing. It's time to wake up. And get going, where this repeat thing is going to be a real uphill climb. And there's your big take. Yeah, Kyle Wright has been uh, had been lights out this season until that second inning, fastball right down the middle of the strike zone, and uh, the uh, Red Sox did some damage there with a crooked number six runs. Let's hear from Kyle Wright after the game talking about that second inning. Tried to do a little too much. Fell back into a trap that I did some years past and trying to put up a zero instead of just limiting the damage. Um, so I feel like on the two walks, I tried to be a little too fine. Uh, you know, on competitive walk, um, that was one where I felt like I should have been, you know, attack that guy. If he gets a hit, he gets a hit. But that's one where I feel like I needed to try to get him. And then next guy hung a curveball. Not not a bad pitch, just hung it, put a good swing on it, hit up the middle. Um, then the walk to Bradley, I think I had him 0-2 or 1-2. And then to lose him, that was, I think, like I said, I just tried to be too fine once I got to two strikes. And then to Devers, I feel like that was the guy I probably should have been a little more passive with. Um, and I went at him, and he put a really good swing on it and obviously hit it out. So definitely just feel like I could have made it, done a lot of things a little bit differently. 
Uh, let's hear from Stint after the game. He says for Kyle Wright, that was a learning experience. It's always going to be a learning experience for these guys. They're going to, you know, everything's going really good, and there are going to be setbacks, and things aren't going to just go as planned and perfect, and you're going to have to weather storms. And I kind of feel like he did tonight. You know, he, maybe that, you know, the experience of that will help him where he can control that any even better than, you know, and, and limit it at three runs instead of six. You know, knowing that, that, that Devers is going to be a dangerous at bat with runners in scoring position and, and making, you know, doing a better job of making pitches than that at bat to get him out of it. And, um, you know, so I, I'm sure there's going to be things he's going to draw on. It's going to help him down the road. Man, I love Brian Snitker. Awesome to have him as the manager of this Atlanta Braves baseball team. All right, the finale is a two-game set. So the finale, looking for a split, need a win tonight. Ian Anderson getting the rock first pitch. You're going to hear it right here on the fan, the home of the Braves, at 720. And this team needs a strong performance from Ian Anderson. So we get ready for this Padres series coming up. We'll have a little more Braves talk a little later in the show right now i wanted to talk about the georgia bulldogs and their legitimate shot to get another five-star quarterback and this time well the five-star quarterback is a big name arch manning and kirby smart and the bulldogs apparently are right in the middle of this recruitment of arch manning Yeah, let's put the shades on and go to the quarterback club. Shades on in the club. We get the shades on. Now we're ready. <laughs> For those not watching on YouTube, Buck has uh, got the shades on in the club. Nerney with the shades on in the club. I forgot the shades. I'm sorry. Where are your shades? I'm busting at home, man. Well, if you're uh, streaming us. 680thefan.com, you can click and watch, and you can see the shades. A little tough to read with the shades on. I was about to say, they block out my computer screens. <laughs> Man, I was reading this. Uh, I ran across this website prepping for the show last night, and it's called Three Recruiting Prediction Machine. I'm sorry, On Three Recruiting Prediction Machine. And they've got Nick Saban in Alabama with a 15% chance of landing Arch Manning. They've got Texas and Steve Sarkeesian with a 44% chance of landing five-star quarterback Arch Manning. And they've got my Georgia Bulldogs and Kirby Smart with a 38% chance of signing Arch Manning. Now, still reportedly in the mix, you got the Florida Gators, Billy Napier, the new quarterback there, pushing for a visit. As I understand it, Arch is making plans to visit Florida during the season. LSU and Coach Kelly with that new culture in Baton Rouge, expecting a visit during the season. And Arch has already been to Ole Miss. He's already visited Lane Kiffin and the boys. And I got a kick out of reading that Arch had media. How about this, Nerdy? Media was at the first day of the spring practice at Isidore Newman, the private school that he goes to in New Orleans. They actually had media. And two Alabama assistants were on the scene 
see the first day of spring practice there. And uh, Archie, the, the grandpa, was talking to the media about his grandson. And Arch, Archie summed it up on Arch by uh, telling the media that he's got Cooper's athleticism. That's his father, Cooper, who was a wide receiver at Ole Miss before a spinal condition got in the way. Archie said Arch has got Eli's disposition. You know, nothing bothers him. And he's got Peyton's talent. Archie's saying about his grandson, that's a good combination. <laughs> yeah, thank my goodness. Also, Arch reportedly is faster than Cooper, Eli, Peyton, and Archie, which can come in handy. You got these mean defensive linemen and linebackers coming after you. And I really appreciate the job that Cooper, the dad, is doing in this recruitment. This really out of control uh, from the outside. On the inside, Cooper Manning, the father of Arch, he's handling this, I believe, in the right way. Cooper saying this is old school recruiting. We're going. This is the path we're taking. We're going old school. We're taking it slow. Cooper also saying that they are not, let me repeat, not entertaining name, image, and likeness deals. Well, they got plenty of money in the family. But I do appreciate that. They're not looking at that side of the recruitment. Which is pretty impressive, if you ask me. Arch is in no rush to verbally commit to any of these schools. He says he's going to try to narrow the list down by the end of the summer. And again, we'll take official visits later during the season to get it all figured out. But right now, Kirby Smart and the Georgia Bulldogs are right in the middle of it. You look at Alabama, and reportedly there's a lot of talk over there in Bama about Nick Saban moving on to this Louisiana quarterback, Eli Holstein, who's decommitted from Texas A&M and Jimbo Fisher. And now the Tide reportedly are prioritizing Eli Holstein. And don't you know Saban saying, man, come over here to Alabama. You got a chance to start as a freshman. Word on the street in Tuscaloosa, Bryce Young will play the upcoming season and then be the number one pick in the next NFL draft. You got Texas and Steve Sarkeesian, who I'm sure Arch likes the coach, likes the offensive scheme. That's a really good fit. Going to help him get ready for the National Football League one day. And I'm sure Sarkeesian is telling the Manning family, Cooper and Arch, that he could be a hero at UT in Austin, resurrecting this once proud program. Arch, too, seems to be focused on going to a place that has a great campus, a really outstanding culture. Texas would allow him to blaze his own trail. And you see a lot of these kids wanting to do that. But complicating the issue is Texas has brought Quinn Ewers back home to Texas. 
He had signed with Ohio State a year ago out of South Lake Carroll High School in Texas. Quinn Ewers now back at UT with the Longhorns with four seasons to play. I bet Arch is looking at that pretty closely to see how that develops. Now in Athens with Kirby and Georgia, they've got Brock Vandegrift, Gunnar Stockton, two young quarterbacks on campus, five-star dudes that have a little bit of a head start. But I'm sure Kirby is telling Arch Manning what he told Vandegrift and what he told Stockton, and that is, man, we want you. Come to Athens. Win the job. We're going with the best man. And certainly Kirby gets his attention when he says, we've got a great campus, a great culture. You've already seen it. And we are advancing prospects to the NFL at a record pace. One thing about Arch Manning, apparently, he is not afraid of competition. He's seeking a quality college experience. He wants to win big. And he hopes to develop his skill set that can advance him to the National Football League. Could be a guy that could be ready to take over, I believe. One year on campus, ready to take over in 2024. Arch Manning, Georgia's right in the middle of this. With Texas, Alabama, Florida, LSU, and Ole Miss. Big news out of Athens if they could get Arch Manning. Shades on into club. And there's the quarterback club. Really like how the Mannings are handling it. And I am so impressed with that entire family. So impressed with them. Time for the Buck Blue Show headline. 21st annual Georgia's Own Credit Union Fan Classic presented by the PGA Tour Superstore is coming up Friday, June the 10th. And it is sold out. Now, this is the, if you're thinking, okay, which tournament is this? This is the old Buck and Kincaid Classic. And it is still thriving. Going down at Legacy, uh, Lanier Island's Legacy Golf Course. And we are excited about the competition. We're going to play both Thursday and Friday. Again, the uh, tournament sold out. Team Blue has set up shop looking to win again this year. Got my man Kevin Butler and my uh, former receiver, roommate at Georgia, Lon Buckler, signed up, ready to go. Team Blue, ready to get this thing going. Practice, I've uh, picked up the practice sessions now that we are about a month away from the big tournament. You're going to hear more about it uh, in the days to come. And we are totally stoked about the 21st annual teeing it up coming up June the 9th. I want to thank our great sponsors, uh, including Georgia's Own Credit Union and one of my favorite stores in town, the PGA Tour Superstore, Georgia Pack and Load. Uh, we appreciate all of our great sponsors that have stepped up. And Scotty Mack and the staff are in full prep mode, getting ready for another great golf tournament. The Fan Classic, we call it now, previously the Buck and Kincaid event. And there's your Buck Blue Show headline today. Coming up next, we're going to hang with our NFL insider, Chris Mortensen. Stick around for that. It's the Buck Blue Show, live from the Battery Atlanta in the 680 The Fan Studios. Here on 680 and 93.7.
The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation. Like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Listen on the fan app is driven by Beaver Toyota. Stay connected to all the latest news, your favorite fan shows on the fan app, driven by Beaver Direct. Fastest and easiest way to shop online for your next vehicle. Visit BeaverToyotaOfcoming.com and see what wow really means. And download that fan app now on the iTunes and Google Play Store. And if you're listening on the smart speaker, that is brought to you by South Point Financial Services, the mortgage professionals. Learn more about them at spfs.com. 10 o'clock hour on the fan presented by the Haug Barron Law Group, your champions of personal injury law. If you need to win your personal injury case, go to championshiplaw.com. Let's get to Mort. For the latest on the NFL, we turn to the fans' truest NFL reporter, Chris Mortensen. Presented by the Atlanta Painting Company, Atlanta's premier residential and commercial painting company. Call 1-800-PAINTING or visit atlantapaintingcompany.com. ESPN's Chris Mortensen and our 680 The Fan Buck Show, truest on-up NFL insider, joins us on the Hobson & Hobson Newsmaker Line and Mort, what about this Tom Brady broadcasting deal with Fox? Uh, he's going to get a raise from that $15 million he's making this year to be the Bucks quarterback. And do you know of any auditions that went down? Yeah, I know of no auditions that went down. But since he's Tom Brady, he's won the <laughs> Super Bowls. Uh, he's making a lot. You know, what's interesting is he's created, he's done this in a very interesting way, this process of creating his brand. And it, it, it hasn't even become way more visible brand-wise in the last four or five years, especially since he's with the Patriots, uh, that y you know he's making a ton of money off the field. Uh, and here it is. Uh, this surprised me a little bit. Not the money. Listen, you know, whether, whether he's making $35 million a year or $40 million a year and whatever else he's going to be doing with that, uh, Fox, uh, that doesn't surprise me. I'm a little bit surprised about that he wants to be a booth analyst because, you know, that's, four days away from your family, uh, uh, technically, unless they made some other arrangement that it, it won't be that all-consuming for him. And we also know that generally uh, viewers do not tune in because of who's in the booth. But we, we, we like to have somebody good in the booth that's knowledgeable. And, Tom, I think he passes that test. But, yeah, I, I think it was uh, I was a little bit surprised by it. I was surprised more that the fact that he wants to be in the booth 
uh, during his post-playing career, whenever that ends, Buck. Yeah, there's no doubt. That might uh, be put on hold a little bit. So the schedule release is looming. I know a lot of the fans really get in. Kincaid used to love this when the schedule yeah. was released. So he could go ahead and set his schedule. Uh, you know, one of the leaks I see, the Broncos and Rams on Christmas Day. Hey, I can go for that. Yeah, listen, I mean, there you get Russell Wilson uh, against Matthew Stafford. You know, uh, so, uh, yeah, I mean, that's that's an attractive uh, matchup. I thought it was interesting, too, the story that came out that Tom Brady's retirement actually made them go back and scramble with this uh, with this schedule, by the way, uh, because the Buccaneers apparently were not going to appear on that many primetime games, Buck. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, you know, uh, we, yeah, getting the Broncos and Rams on Christmas Day, that's interesting. Uh, I think that the schedule release is, uh, always intrigues people because, you know, no, no, most general managers go, we just want to know who we're playing week one. And they would certainly want to count the different primetime games because uh, they already know their away opponents and their home opponents. So it's kind of like, are we playing on Thursday? Uh, you know, like the Buffalo Bills know for a fact that they're going to be playing the Ravens at Baltimore on a Thursday night after playing on a Sunday. And that's a tough matchup. Doesn't appear to be any leaks coming down on the Falcons schedule. Uh, needless to say, I'm not expecting any prime time appearances this year. Well, there there will be one. I think every team has to appear at one. And, you know, in a way, uh, you know, if you're Arthur Smith, uh, you may you may like that. You, you, you got a team that you're remoting. Uh, Rebuilding. By the way, yeah, re- rebuilding, remoting, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, they don't like uh, rebuild. Yeah, oh, they don't like rebuild. No, they okay, don't like whatever. that one. Well, it, but here's the thing. Their schedule is going to present them with a routine, I think, that's going to make it, you know, I think a plus side of, of okay, we, we know every week's going to be pretty familiar in terms of how they're going to work, uh, not too many short weeks. And, and I think that's a chance for them to, put together uh, a competitive team the best they can. By the way, I just want to go tell you that in talking to some peers, uh, other general managers, a few coaches, uh, this, the, the, the Falcons drafted, which drew an F, I think, by, by somebody. No, I upgraded uh, it to a C. Okay. Actually, I've, I, I've had a chance to ask them. They said, you know, they did pretty well. And and I will say this about Drake London, even though people were looking for speed. Uh, if the Jets were at 10 and no receiver had been taken, I think Drake London was going to be their pick. Yeah, and I'm just so, you know, as a former quarterback, Mort, and watching the abuse that Matt Ryan, one of the smartest quarterbacks in the league, took over the last four years, I'm just so disappointed they passed on one of the elite offensive tackles in the draft. Yeah, I think there's uh, – listen, you, you have a case to be made. I, I do know that the Seahawks were – you're talking about Charles Cross, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, I know the Seahawks were thrilled. Seahawks, I think, had nine players that they considered worth taking in that top ten, and Cross was one of them. I think he was seventh on the, uh, on their list. So uh, your, your, your uh, concern is legitimate. Let's see if coaching changes it any. Uh, maybe they get a different design, uh, but uh, yeah. I know this much. The Seahawks were happy to get Charles Cross at number nine. Yeah, actually wanted the guy from Alabama, but he went at seven. Uh, leads me to believe the Falcons weren't going to take him either. They were determined to get another big receiver in here. 
Yeah, well, listen, I think uh, Evan there would have brought them some versatility in terms of being a pure left tackle. Charles Cross would have been a better pick. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, to me, if, if you're talking offensive linemen, uh, but, yeah, I mean, you know, Drake London was uh, was by some by some accounts was considered one of the best football players in this draft. You know, yeah. do you take a receiver? Now, here's the problem you have. It's like the receivers with the rate they're going, you know, you better get a lot out of Drake London in four years because who knows where this salary uh, structure is going for, right. for premium wide receivers. You actually hope you have that problem, by the way. And you got to tie it in that I really consider as a big wide receiver it's going to be in the same boat. So we'll see how that shakes down. I hope the kid turns out to be a an all-pro player, and I hope I'm wrong on this. But right now I'm not thinking so. So I'm really intrigued by this lawsuit that's been filed by the former Jaguars kicker, Josh Lambeau, on yeah. Urban Meyer and the Jaguars. He's seeking $3.5 million for uh, working in a hostile work environment. Reportedly, you know, as the story goes, Urban went by and kicked him. And uh, th- this guy now is, is trying to seek some retribution here. More, what are you hearing? What are you thinking on this? Yeah, when Josh Lambeau uh, it, it t- it told his agent about it, and apparently there are others who have verified it, uh, you know, th- what happened, the agent did notify the team. Uh, well, I mean, it was during, during, uh, one pre, pre, you know, during warm-ups where they're sitting down stretching and, and – uh, so bottom line is, is that, that that thing has been documented. I think that the NFL we, we, has taken on a different environment than, than what it used to be. And so a hostile workplace environment, a football player filing that kind of complaint sometimes doesn't mesh with the past. But in this instance, I, I think there might be a case. And, and uh, you know, it probably probably will be settled, but there might be a case. Yeah, I don't think I'd want to play for Urban Meyer, and I'd be stunned if anybody hired him from this point on, but but that's just me. Mort, I got some of the boys at the coffee shop. They've got some West Coast roots, and they wanted me to ask you about the San Francisco 49ers quarterback situation. What's going to happen there, Mort? I mean, word on the street is they don't really – they're not impressed with Trey Lance. Uh, I'm telling you, I'm not – when we reported that they went up to get Mac Jones last year, that was 100% true. What changed was media, public outcry that that got out, and they didn't want a Mac Jones. Well, you know what? They, I think they wish they had taken Mac Jones uh, at, at that point. But bottom line is, Trey Lance, he was raw coming in. He's still raw, and... But, you know, Kyle Shanahan is going to be very creative. The offense will be good. We know that. But the quarterback, when you pay that type of price, he's got to rise. And he's got some tools. You know, people talk about the tools. If he can bring it, pull it all together, then they have something special. But right now, we don't have to make that determination in the month of May. Yeah, I just find it hard to believe he hadn't mastered the playbook. I mean, he's had plenty of time to do that. So we'll continue to monitor well, that, and we'll tell the boys at the coffee shop what you said. Well, please do. Tell them uh, if they ever want to get inside the hedges, just keep <laughs> talking to Buck <laughs> More great stuff as always, man. We'll look forward to having you on next week. Sounds good, Buck. Take care. Chris Mortensen, ESPN NFL Insider, every Wednesday here on the Buck Baloo Show. Tell you what, let's, let's see what's popping out there, Nernie. 
Let's find out what's popping. Well, the PGA Tour, boy, that's the talk of the the town, so to speak, as people say. They are uh, preventing members of the PGA Tour to play in the Saudi Arabia LIV event in London. And Greg Norman, who's heading up that that new tour, called it anti competitive, anti-golf, anti-fan, and they are simply denying these guys the opportunity to play the game. And he's saying, Norman's saying that the committed players, and we're going to find out who those guys are very soon, they're ready to take the PGA Tour to court over this. DT, man, this is huge news in golf. Yeah, I, uh, I'm i no lawyer by any means, but it does kind of make sense. He's trying to say basically Norman and his uh, very large and uh, expensive team of antitrust lawyers, they're saying that the players are, are private contractors and they can play wherever they want. So I don't, I don't read really, the fine print on yeah, that. Yeah, I don't know where, where it falls. Again, I'm going to get... Well, the issue here is the uh, exclusive nature of playing on the PGA Tour. Yeah, for the longest time PGA Tour said if you if you want to go play in one of these events, you will not play in any more of our events and that was kind of a rumor for the longest time and now as of this release yesterday, they're saying no, we're not letting you go over there. Out of the NBA, uh, John Morant bone bruise, he's doubtful for the rest of the NBA playoffs. Very unfortunate. Really fun watching him play. The Warriors, uh, was it Jordan Poole, was the uh, player that accidentally, as I see it, grabbed the right knee. And if you watch it in slow motion, you can see the knee give a little bit. But I just, as I watch it, I don't determine that to be something he was intending to do. He's reaching for the ball. I don't see how that could have possibly uh, bruised the bone. That I mean, seriously, right there. Unless, there, unless we missed it and he took out like a rubber mallet and just, you know, whacked it once or twice there. Grizzlies backs to the wall down three to one. And I'll tell you what's amazing. I saw the stat where the Grizzlies are 20 and five this season without Morant in the lineup. 20 and five. So I wouldn't count him out yet. Well, yeah, just this playoffs though they haven't been as good when Jaw's been off the off the floor. But yeah, they, that extended period earlier in the season they kept it together. But that's easier easier said than done when you got the when you're down three to one to the Warriors. All right, and tonight we get the Bucks and Celtics. That series tied at two. Warriors and the Grizzlies. As we talk about the late game tonight, TNT has the action at seven and nine thirty. If the Braves, uh, you know, give up a six spot in the second, you might turn it over there and see some of that. Tonight, uh, Major League Baseball, you can't make this stuff up category. The amazing Mets. Did you see this? They recently revealed a statue of their great Hall of Fame pitcher, Tom Seaver, outside of City Field. And apparently they didn't get the artist coached up. They're making a big deal out of this in the Big Apple. The Seaver was number 41. And the font on the number is incorrectly done. Is this a big deal, Nerny? I mean, they're making it a big deal up in the Big Apple. They didn't get the font right on the numbers on the jersey. Got to get this stuff right. 
Yeah, I think somebody will uh, somebody will get uh, maybe fired, reprimanded for that one. And I tell you what, they've they've got the statue of Vince Dooley over by the track at the University of Georgia. And I was always a little upset that they changed uh, the, the statue of Dooley was some of the Georgia Bulldog players carrying him off the field. I haven't been over there in a little while. Is it no longer? It's there. Okay. It's there, but the thing that upsets me is the two offensive linemen where the scene was recreated was Tim Morrison and Jeff Harper, two of my offensive linemen at Georgia. Did he get that wrong? Were carrying Coach Dooley off the field. And, you know, to recreate and put the statue together, I don't know if it was something they told the artist or what, but, you know, it's not Morrison and Harper. They got two other guys doing it. So I'm still a little upset with that. Anyway, hey, we had to follow up on a story out of the National Football League yesterday. We're talking about all these dogs that are on NFL rosters after the draft. They added 15 to the roster after the draft, and, and Jake Fromm's name came up. And just investigating what the deal with Jake is, is he's been cut from the New York Giants. That happened on March the 17th. He is now a free agent. Yeah, we forgot he actually got a couple of starts for them last year when they yeah. had some problems, yeah. And then I missed it on March 17th, the release. So Jake Fromm right now is a free agent. And let me just say how much I respect Jake Fromm and the job that he did, his career. Jake Fromm, an outstanding quarterback. He won and won a lot. And I've got nothing but respect for Fromm. Still on his honeymoon. And we'll see what the next step is for Fromm. There you go. That's what's popping out there. And that takes us right into the Bulldog Roundtable. The fan is proud to be the official sports talk station of the dogs. And it's time for Bulldog Roundtable with Buck Baloo. 25-20, far side line, 15-10-5. Get in there. Roundtable is proudly presented by Georgia's own credit union, Haug Law Group, Georgia Pack and Load, AAA, and by attorney Ken Nugent. And that's going to be the ball game. Georgia will win this ball game. Only on the fan, 680 and 93.7 FM. Yeah, there are going to be some people taking shots at from. You know, taking shots. I was a lousy NFL quarterback. As if they know what that is. All right, today we're going to talk Bulldog track and field. I know, don't don't wreck the car. Don't fall out of the seat. That's right, Georgia track and field. A little later this week coming up, uh, well, coming up tomorrow. And then through the weekend, we've got the SEC track and field, SEC championships going down at Ole Miss and Oxford. And the UGA sprinter, Matthew Bowling, a junior out of Houston, Texas, has been causing a lot, lot of buzz uh, this year. And down at Georgia Tech at the meet they had several weeks ago, Matthew Bowling, man, he, he went low is what he did. He ran a sub-1,000 meter, 9.98, a sub-20, 200 meter, 
19.92, and then topped it off with a long jump of 8.25 meters. And that is fifth in the world this year in track and field, that long jump. And do you know, you put those three categories together, the sub-10, 100-meter, the sub-20, 200-meter, and the long jump. You combine those three categories, and Matthew Bowling is one of only two people ever that have hit those three marks. You guys want to take a guess at the other? Yeah, I didn't think so. Well, it's Carl Lewis. You know, that's who I was going to say, Carl. Oh, <laughs> I got you, Nernie. Carl Lewis, man. Yeah, Lewis did it. Lewis and Bowling, the only two people in the world ever that have hit those three marks. Talk about impressive. Lewis was the goat in the long jump, and boy, he could pick him up and put the, put him down, too, in the 100-meter and 200-meter. And uh, bowling man, he is—he's—he's he's going to be in in the spotlight here in the SEC Track and Field Outdoor Championships coming up tomorrow, Friday and Saturday. And bowling now is is sort of the talk of the international track and field scene with what he's already done this year. So we'll uh, update you. You might want to uh, check into this, see what bowling does there at the SEC Track and Field Championships coming up starting tomorrow and there's your bulldog roundtable today coming up next we'll chop it up get back into the braves hope you'll stick around for that it's the buck blue show on the fan 680 and 93 7 show continues here on the the winningest team in baseball also has the most saves and people who save the most money are winners so start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only ten dollars each these bonds earn a fixed seven percent apy and there's no fees penalties or minimum balance required and they can be redeemed whenever you like you can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save and save and win. A lifetime of hard work, children laughing in the kitchen, family photos on a restaurant wall, a legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation, like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. And 680 and 93.7. Stay tuned to Nick and Chris. They've got the business of sports segment each week on their show, and that's presented by Southern Company. Changing the future of energy in all the communities they serve. Nick and Chris do a great job with that. We're trying to squeeze it all in here. We better chop it up fast. Time to talk Braves. Let's chop it up. Presented by Haug Law Group, your local personal injury attorneys. HaugLawGroup.com. And this is our listeners that are demanding we talk more Braves here on the show. And Infinity of Gwinnett, our sponsor for this segment, they drive the content once a week here on the show. It's presented by Infinity of Gwinnett, Empower the Talk, Empower the Drive, as you get to decide 
what we talk about. And what we're talking about right now are three Braves in the middle of this lineup that are struggling offensively. Matt Olson. Seven for 32 in May. That's a 218 clip. He projects out right now, 16 home runs, 70 RBI. Last 15 games, 9 for 55. .090 batting average. Uh, wait, hold on. No, 163. 163 for Olsen. We got to get him going. Then you got Marcelo Zuna right behind Olsen in the lineup. And uh, he and Riley. Right now, Ozuna, three for his last 33 with no RBI heading into uh, to that game last night where he had a couple. Three for his last 33, an 090 clip for Ozuna. Got to get him going. You got Adam Duvall, five for his last 30. That's a 166 clip. So when you look at the month of May, so we close in on the halfway point. Those three guys, Olsen, Ozuna, and Duvall, 15 for 95, hitting 157. Man, we got to get that turned around. Get that turned around fast. I'm telling you. And uh, the uh, Podcast Park has got all of our podcasts here on 680 The Fan. That is brought to you by Associated Credit Union. I've got Bucks Beat, Episode 60, which drops today. It's a Braves deep dive. Chip Carey, Braves broadcaster, is my guest. And so we'll dive into that. want to invite you to check that out at uh, thepodcastpark.com. Uh, plenty of other great podcasts. want to invite you to check those out, too. So we uh, talk Braves in the Bucks Beat podcast this week. Let's get to the final word. First time we've been early for that, Nerney. Normally I'm late for the final word. Nick is going to be happy with that. Uh, Inside the Hedges, my new book is out. It's been out for uh, about a month now, closing in on a month. And we've been very pleased with how it's been received. And got some book signings coming up I wanted to tell you about. I'll be uh, in Canton tomorrow night introducing Herschel Walker in a fundraiser. And we'll be at the Mill on Etowah in Canton introducing Herschel and uh, selling some books. Looking forward to that. Then coming up on Friday, I'll be in Athens Friday, May 13th. This Friday at the UGA Bookstore. From 4 to 6, invite you to come by prior to the UGA graduation ceremonies going on at Sanford Stadium to get a signed copy. And the bookstore has some inside the hedges in stock, so you can pick one up any time there. But I'll be there 4 to 6 coming up on Friday. I'll be in Macon on Saturday at the Georgia Sports Hall of Fame from 10 to 2. The Georgia Sports Hall of Fame in Macon. Doggone Autographs is on the scene with 15 Bulldogs players off that 21 national title team. I'll be set up next to them. And uh, looking forward to getting back home. I was born in Macon. So it'd be great to get back down there and see the folks. Hopefully sell a few books. And then coming up on Thursday, May the 26th, I'll be at Eagle Eye Bookshop in Decatur from 6 to 8. Uh, looking forward to that signing. I uh, will actually speak about the book prior to uh, sitting down and 
selling some autographed copies. So looking forward to that. Also, Inside the Hedges, the book signing tour. Right now working on uh, solidifying dates in Valdosta, Augusta, Columbus, Savannah, Statesboro, Albany, Jacksonville, Greenville. We're going to be out and about here in the coming days and weeks. All right, guys, is that all we have today? Learning, we're good? Yeah, I think we hit it all. All right. That's hard to do in like 40 minutes of an hour show, but uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us Monday through Friday, 10 to 11, here on The Fan. We'll be back uh, tomorrow. Hopefully the Braves will be a winner tonight. We'll be in a better mood as far as Braves baseball goes. Nick and Chris are coming up next. Road Dog, DT, and Nerney is Baloo saying have a great rest of your day, everybody. Thank you, bud. The winningest team in baseball also has the most saves, and people who save the most money are winners. So start earning saves by investing in worthy bonds for only $10 each. These bonds earn a fixed 7% APY, and there's no fees, penalties, or minimum balance required, and they can be redeemed whenever you like. You can even round up everyday purchases to buy additional bonds. Go to worthybonds.com backslash save. That's worthybonds.com backslash save, and save and win. Support for Extra 106.3 comes from Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy, celebrating their 35th anniversary and offering gift cards in-store and online. You can discover Mother's Day and anniversary presents online at Natural Body Spa and Skin Remedy at naturalbody.com. In today's fast-paced world, your business deserves banking solutions that are as dynamic and cost-effective as you are. Solutions like free business checking from LGE Community Credit Union, free online and mobile banking, no minimum balance required, plus no maintenance fees and dividends on your balance. At LGE, we're a smarter way to bank. See what's possible for your business at lgeccu.org. No monthly maintenance fees. Other service fees such as NSF, overdraft, wire, and stop payment fees still apply. Not all businesses will qualify. Membership eligibility and base savings account that keeps $5 minimum balance required.